Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. This is Darren Van Dam, and you are listening to the Flick Connection podcast. And this episode is a special episode. I've been teasing it out for a while. Rob with McDojo Life is joining me over video chat. We're getting ready to talk about some martial arts movies. But oh, first, man. first, Rob, t- just tell people about um, your your Instagram page. I, I mean, I, we'll get back into it at the end of the show because I've got some stuff I want to point out. But yeah, just kind of explain to people what's up with it. Uh, so basically, I run a web page called McDojo Life. And it is a entity um, that basically calls out fakes, frauds, and phonies in the martial arts while trying to uplift good quality martial arts. Um, so our uh, motto, slogan, mission statement is to keep martial arts legit. So on my page, you'll see a whole bunch of no-touch knockouts, people pretending who are basically in cults that they can knock people out with their mind or magical powers that they have in the martial arts, which is all just hot garbage. Uh, but, you know, I haven't run out of material in the last six years. So there are enough crazy people in this planet who believe it that I have not run out of material. Yeah, I've been following you for about a year. And the amount I, I there, there are days where all of a sudden you post something. I'm like, how does he how how like I've, I've had the thought just completely on my own. How have you not run out of material? It's always something new. And it's the, the volume of it is just crazy. But um, I want to circle back to I've got I've got a burning question that I've wanted to ask you for a really long time about it. I basically just want your take on it. But let's let's hop into, uh, we're going to try to build a list of the top 10 martial arts movies. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Oh, man, I'm going to let you go first because it's okay. yours, and then I'll follow suit and we'll see how it goes. Okay, I got them all written out here on the floor. Um, what do, oh, I tell you what. Okay, so this is a, this is, this is a good place to start because um, – I'll be honest, leading up to this, uh, and I shared this, I think, on the last episode, I've been a little bit intimidated because I feel like my my knowledge of martial arts is definitely very, very limited. But even with martial arts movies, I felt like it was very limited, um, especially compared to just like general movie knowledge for me. When it comes to martial arts, it's, it's one that I just I'm not confident in what I know about it. So I'm like researching a little bit more than I normally do, yeah. trying to. And and I started going down the rabbit hole of of old uh, Jackie Chan movies, oh, and um, had been wanting to watch. I I'd been wanting to watch it for years and just had never seen it. But uh, Drunken Master and and Drunken Master Two, and then I, I mentioned it on the last episode, and somebody met in the comments said, "Hey, it's on Netflix," and I'm I dig pretty deep on Netflix. That's a big part of what I do on the main channel. I had to type in almost the whole thing, but Legend of Drunken Master, which is Drunken Master 2, is on Netflix. Now, do you want to know a secret about Netflix most people don't know? Sure. All right, so here's how it works, and we'll get we'll get to Drunken Master because it's it's an it's a masterpiece. Yeah. But when it comes to Netflix, right, if you go under the genre and let's say it's horror action, whatever it is, and you click on it, at the very top, you'll get like the most popular, right? But in the middle, you'll get like the B-rated movies and stuff like that. But if you scroll all the way to the bottom of that list, 
they hide a lot of good golden gems at the bottom. I don't know why they do it, but if, if you're patient enough to scroll all the way to the bottom, there are amazing movies at the very bottom that they just kind of hide there. I don't know why. Yeah, you are 100% right. That is one way that I find stuff, but I just noticed in the last couple of weeks that they changed it where when you go to a genre, and it might not be on all browsers or, 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 or mobile might still let you do that. I'm not sure, but uh, they actually just have like ribbons of different like subcategories and it doesn't work the same way. I was fr so frustrated when I found out. So I'm, tr I'm actually going to try to figure out um, how I can view it the way they used to do it. Cause you're right. You'd get to all these like really, really obscure stuff, stuff that doesn't even have artwork. Yeah. And then they have, maybe 20 good movies down at the bottom that are just every good ones at the top. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. But, but drunken master is on Netflix right now, or the, uh, the legend of drunken master, which is the sequel. And this is, you may know a little bit more about it than me, but this is, I believe like mid nineties, like 94. Um, it's, it's, I, it's before like rush hour. So it's before Jackie Chan like broke in the, in the U S but he was already a megastar, And, you know, the thing I love about Jackie Chan movies is that everybody knows he does his own stunts, but it, it's not for nothing. Like it, it looks so good. And the thing that I really liked about uh, Drunken Master Two is it, it was a lot more fighting than I'm used to because I'm more used to sort of the um, American uh, Jackie Chan movies where he. It's more of a. It's there is fighting, but it's more of an action movie. And this is more of a true blue martial arts movie. Um, that's a comedy, but like the, the drunken that, you know, he fights with that drunken style. He only really does it like twice uh, outside of that. Cause I didn't, I don't know if there's any sort of like historical significance to that wobbly style he had, but he only did it twice in the movie. So it's not even a may. I didn't think it was a major part of the movie. Well, you saw, you saw the sequel, but yes. not the first one. Right. right? So the first one, he does that much more. It's kind of like ingrained. But then again, the first one's, I think, at least five or more years before that movie was made. So it's like a big gap in time. But like he, he actually did an interview um, where he talked about developing styles and stuff like that. And like, I don't know how true a drunken Kung Fu style really is because as far as I know, he's the only person I've ever seen really do it other than like video games and stuff like that, like odes to it. But it may be a real thing. It may not. I'm not exactly sure. But what he told what he said in the interview was whenever he like develops styles for like martial arts movies that he does is he quite literally just studies whatever the thing is. So like if he for like drunken master, you would study drunk people. <laughs> and he'd be like, oh, well, I know a technique that's very similar that would fit in there. And so it's almost like a puzzle. So the, the outline of the puzzle was where most people start, right? So the outline of the puzzle for him would be his martial arts knowledge. And then what he does is he fits in those pieces of looking at whatever, like if it's a snake style, he'd like watch that and go, okay, well, I know this technique kind of looks like that. And he kind of makes it around those things to give them that like good contrast on film. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible what he can do. Also, just a little bit of trivia, Jackie Chan can sing his ass off. Just in case you didn't know, the dude's world famous for as a singer. You know, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I, I, I did not know that. And I, I, I wouldn't have known that. And I, I, I watched a couple of his older ones. And the thing that's a shame is there's a few, um, like there's one on uh, Amazon Prime that is, um, I always get the name backwards, but uh, Wheels on Meals. 
and uh, it's it's dubbed like you like I I couldn't find a um, original. So it's weird because you you know what Jackie Chan sounds like, and it's somebody else's voice coming out of his mouth. Yeah, but uh, and that wasn't a gra- I didn't think that was a great movie. But the final kind of action sequence where they're storming this like manor. Uh, and there's there's multiple fights and stuff in it. All of that was was fantastic. And there was a couple of stuff leading up. The movie overall kind of bored me. But um, Drunken Master Drunken Master Two, I, it, like the 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 sequence where they're in the restaurant is it's like the Crazy Eighty Eight from Kill Bill. But it's well, you know, way it's before way his before. Stunt team has a number. I forget the name of his stunt team, but he has a stunt team and. Um, basically they all learned from him on how to do his thing there is a movie if you really do enjoy jackie chan stuff i i don't have like scenes off the top of my head for drunken master um but i do know there's a movie about him and sammo hung when they were children growing up and i think it's called painted faces if i remember correctly it's a very obscure movie but it's about jackie chan and sammo hung growing up as children like a biopic um and how they were abused and be, like go, went up through the Beijing opera. It's oh. really incredible stuff. Yeah, it shows like their stretching regiments and basically just like just kind of being abused for the entertainment of other people. And it's really incredible stuff. Yeah, that's something I would check out. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely see if I can find that one. So um, what would be the first one? I mean, in, in a random order, which one do you want to throw up first? Uh, let's talk about The Raid, man. Oh, Raid. yeah. Um. This movie is incredible piece of choreo. Not only do I enjoy the the fact that it's it's a good, good well choreographed movie, but the storyline is good. It's like Judge Dredd storyline. Yes. Um, the the newest version of Judge Dredd, right? Yes. Where they have to go into the building and they have to work their way up the floors to the boss and all that stuff, right? It's the same way in the rape. And it's it's just incredible what those all of those actors and how talented they really are. I mean, it's it's incredible because Every one of those fight scenes is so well done. And it's not like um, Batman Begins. Like Batman Begins, all those Batman movies, right? Is real like close up, like shaky camera. So you don't like, it basically is a way of cheating. So you don't know that the actor isn't very good at martial arts. These are like, some of these scenes are long. Like uh, some of the choreographed scenes, if I remember correctly, are one to two minutes long. One to two minutes of a straight shot. A fight choreography is incredible without a cut or an edit. And that movie does that so well. It's so well done. I love it. I love watching that. Yeah. And just to elaborate on what you're saying uh, for, for people listening, that um, a, a lot of times when there's fight sequences in movies, like like the Bourne movies were kind of known for this. Uh, there's a lot of cutting. And it can look okay. Like it, it, it can kind of keep the energy up like cinematically. But it's way better when they're not cutting, and they can only really do that when they're, I don't want to say legitimately fighting, but when they're as close as you can get to legitimately fighting. Probably, I mean, from my understanding is they did make contact in the raid um, a lot of times, and people were hurt, not on purpose, but because they were getting so close to actual, um, this choreographed sparring that uh, they, they didn't have to cut the camera away, and it, it, it just it looks so much better and it's not a knock against movies that don't do it, but um, it's really incredible when they do. And I actually, it's just by like rant, I guess it was random chance. I watched the raid at home for the first time shortly after it was released and then went to a midnight movie and watched judge, uh, judge dread, watched dread 
the new one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. saw so them both in the same night, and um, as similar as they are, they're two totally different movies with a similar concept, and I really like both of them. But the raid to me, when I saw it, was like next level stuff in terms of um that type of action. And I also like that they mix in a lot of the gunplay with the martial arts and it's not just straight martial arts. Cause the only problem I have with that, if it's something set in modern day, especially if there's guns around, like with that SWAT team, it's like somebody would be shooting and the raid, I think did a good job of mixing it uh, mm -hmm. so that it felt, even though it's over the top at times, it still felt like I, I was never like wrinkling my brow at that movie. I felt yeah. like it reminds me like, a, did you see the, the remake of Old Boy. I did. So the fight choreography in that reminded me a lot of the fight choreography in The Raid, simply because there wasn't a lot of people just kind of standing around. Right. Like in a lot of fight sequences, people are just kind of like, ah, man, this guy's got to have him. There's like 30 of us. Why don't we just all beat this guy up? It's like very interactive. So even during fight sequences, guys are still getting hit with random things from random people. Like I I like that. It's a little bit more realistic and I'm I like I enjoy the the realism even if you're trying to take it like the raid definitely has like some high level martial arts that's like a bit unrealistic but in terms of like the fact that the guys are getting beat up, I like the fact that a hero is getting his ass kicked. You know, like that's that old school uh die hard mentality where it's yes. like John McClane is getting messed up this entire movie, you know, and like you're just happy that he's still moving, but he's like limping. It's kind of like that in the raid, man. This guy is just taking punishment and it doesn't just go away in the next scene. He just, they build upon that and it compounds and you can see it even in his fighting that, you know, it, it was almost like they, they decided that, you know, at this point he should be exhausted. So let's make sure he is actually really exhausted before these, we do this fight scene. I mean, I thought it was pretty incredible. Yeah, and it's you bring up a good point. A hero that bleeds is is a better hero to me, hands down, every single time. That's a big flaw with all the the, and it's not necessarily a flaw with the Marvel movies because that's just the nature of those heroes, the way they were written originally. But they're so overpowered, they rare some of them do, but they rarely get hurt. And it's just it, it's just a different type of experience watching somebody that's just like getting severely injured as it goes on because you're like man how are they gonna fight they just had a a piece of rebar in their gut <laughs> and how are they or whatever it is you know yeah. so yeah i appreciate that as well i absolutely love that movie um let me see what i want to throw up next um oh so i am gonna go ahead and address i want to go ahead and address this when to get out of the way because i know a lot of people are gonna think um Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon should be on this list. In fact, I've, I've already received comments that it better be. <laughs> it's it's not. So you didn't you didn't pick it, and I didn't pick it. But in that genre, um, I I have I have one that I like more, uh, and and that one is Hero. Oh, that's uh, so good. Now before we go to Hero, I just got to know. I have a reason I didn't pick it. I'm not. I I love the movie. I love the movie, but I picked my movies for a different reason than I think most people would. Cinematically, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is a beautiful yes. movie. And The Hero, Hero is also a beautiful movie. Like, it's very well done cinematically. Um, but I mean, I think that if we were picking martial arts cinematography, yeah, I would have probably picked that hands down as probably one of the number ones, right? It's just, it's such a gorgeous, it's like watching a symphony. Sym symphony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? But, um, in terms of like that old school flying through the air Shaw Brothers type Kung Fu, 
I just never really got into the action sequences. And when movies like that have so many fight scenes that are that way, I, I have a hard time getting into them. But that's just me personally. Yeah, and and so in Hero is one of those movies. Um, but to me, like I didn't want to have, I didn't want to pick both. And that's a lot of times how I'll structure when it when I'm picking my movies, I want to represent different elements of the genre. And so I I only wanted to pick one of those, and there there's several, but I found I found Hero to be a little bit tighter. Um, cause it's a little bit of a, a simpler story and the way it's told in those vignettes and each one is its own fight sequence. And even though it's a, it, and I think it's a perfect time to bring it up too, cause it's like a polar opposite to the raid. Whereas yeah. the raid is just brutal and bloody and dirty and dark hero is colorful and it's kind of slow and more poetic. And it's just a, it, it's such a different way to, uh, absorb the the this art form um mm. and i think it's just a beautiful movie and it, and it is more about it, it, it's very much about combat um whereas crouching tiger hidden dragon wasn't necessarily a story about combat and i that's that's why i picked this one over it mm. um it but i agree with your take on it i would not rank it higher than something like the raid um, but I feel like it, it deserves to be included amongst all of these. Otherwise, it, I, I feel like it shouldn't be excluded, th th yeah. this type of story. Dude, there's, there was, when you said pick six, I, I, I gave you more than six because I just couldn't help it. But like it's, it's very difficult because even in martial arts movies, there are different genres of martial arts movies. So it's like you have like a martial arts movie that's like Hero, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon where they're very artistically done, um, beautiful cinematography, the fight sequences are very old school flying through the air acrobatic type stuff. Whereas uh, you pick a movie like The Raid and it's a lot more brutal and gritty. It's much more of an action movie than, it, you know, it can be considered an action movie. Whereas Hero is a martial arts film. Yes. You know? And so it's like, ah, and there are also martial arts horror movies out there. In case anybody is deep into the genre, there are, they're out there. There's like samurais versus vampires and stuff like that. Like very odd niche things in there. But I'm just, for me, I, I enjoy a good storyline to follow, which most of them have these, the, all the ones on the list we have have good storylines. Yeah. But I also enjoy some, some looking at a technique or looking at a movie and saying, you know what? I think I could do that. You know, it makes it more realistic. I think as a viewer to sit down and go, that's possible than impossible, you know? Yeah. And then why I meant to bring it up while we were talking about the raid, because it's the only time to bring it up, yeah. but um, not to plug the next guest while you're on, but I thought you might find it interesting. Um, later this week, um, Adam Simon is coming on and he's a screenwriter and he just wrote a movie that it came out on Netflix called point blank with Frank Grillo. Um, it's an action movie. Um, it's got some fight scenes in it, but he also wrote an American remake of the raid that's currently in production. And, uh, Joe Carnahan's going to be directing it. And Joe Carnahan did smoke and aces, the A team, the gray, oh, and it. he's going to come on and talk about it. I got a little bit of a preview. The good thing about it is it's not a it's not a full on remake. It's a completely, it takes place in a different part of the world. It's, it's like, 
it's taking the concept and, and doing something different with it. And I think that's a great way to do a remake. So we'll be talking about that later in the week, but yeah. I'm excited about that because I absolutely love the raid. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be amazing. I can't wait to see that. So I'm eager to get your input on this one. Cause I, I part of what I did while I was making my six was I was trying to think like, okay, I need, I got to have Jackie Chan. I got to have Jet Li. I got So uh, Tony Ja is, is one. Um, and I didn't really know what to pick. I know Ong Bak is his, yeah. I guess, most famous, but I found, I think I could be wrong and maybe you'll know, but I'm pretty sure the protector is the one where they had the final sequence that is one long shot where he's going up this like spiral. I'm pretty sure that's Ongbok too. Okay, then I'm then I'm confused about the titles. I don't I don't know. I actually have to look this up, but the protector I think is an American uh title for one of the movies. Then that might be it. you know what? I think you're right. I think the protector might be so Ongbok 2 was released as in the U.S.? Maybe, maybe, because I remember specifically that the protector was like something, uh, Australia. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the sequel. I just think that's the American name for it. Maybe. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to slap it up as the protector. There you I, go. And indicate. Because I do know I it's the right movie, um, but I, th I think you are correct because I, I was confused. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm like, wait, that's so that's not Ombach? Yeah. Oh, I always thought it was. It, um, I, I mean, the guy, whoever writes the scripts, there's, there's a lot of like elephant protection and fighting yeah. people for it, you know? So, I mean, it's hard when all your movies are very similar. And he does, he does something called tricking, which is, um, in the in martial arts, it's like a high level taekwondo, and he mixes it with uh, Thai or um, Muay Thai. So in all of his movies, like he, he always seems to claim like Muay Thai is like the art that he's he's doing, but he adds a level of acrobatics to it, which is what they call in the in the business tricking. Um, and uh, he does things like gainers, and he does things like five forties, and uh, really high level kicking. Um, and it's incredible to watch. I mean, he does a really good job. He does crazy things like setting himself on fire and jumping through stuff. Um, you know, like he does his own stunts, very similar to, to Jackie Chan, which I have to imagine at his age, he probably was inspired by. Yeah. Um, but that scene you were talking about, hands down one of the most impressive pieces of uh, fight choreography ever, because it's a long ass scene that takes place in case anybody's never seen it. You should watch this, but it takes place starting at the bottom of a spiral ramp and he just starts fighting and the cameraman's just following him and there's no cutaways and he fights like, I don't know if I had to remember correctly. I think he probably has like at least 50 interactions. It's a, that I Probably it's a yeah. lot. If it's I can find lot. the clip, I'll put a, if, if they had the clip on YouTube, I'll put a link in the description. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, you know, I honestly, truly, I, I don't even remember the movie that well. I remember a few things. Like, I remember some, somebody threw an elephant, threw a baby elephant, <laughs> but, um, but that sequence is just incredible. Um, and again, the, the not cutting, you, you really have to take a minute and appreciate 
if, if you're not realizing why we're going on about it, every because stuff is breaking, people are getting hurt, all of the er, there's so many touches and things that have to go right in order for that take to count. And it has to be so well rehearsed. Yeah, if they miss everyone. a beat, that count that take is completely scrapped. It probably took, I'm gonna guess at least a week just to film it because it's got to be rehearsed. All the lighting has to be. All the characters have to be lit no matter where they are on it that could be ramp. Anything. It yeah. could be even one dude who's just drinking coffee thinks they're not going to even be on that level. And all of a sudden the camera comes up like, oh, oh shit, damn it, Steve, you're fired. You know, it's like, Jesus, like yeah. it's, it's, it's incredible. In terms of fight sequences, it's probably up there with probably like my top three, just because I, I really appreciate what stuck choreographers do and what fight teams do to put that together and the level of talent that it takes from everyone. And for them to get all those people together on one page is incredible, man. It's awesome. Yeah, so that'll factor into where we rank it because I don't know that it's the best movie, but that that scene is so good. I think it 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 makes its I mean, way onto the list. It's got to get a nod. And if anybody yeah. hasn't seen that, man, you got to watch that. It's incredible. Yeah. So what do you got next? Um, let's see. I have my list right here. So I know that uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to, to save some of the goodies um but uh let's see um i know one i think we both talked about we were talking about a little earlier john wick yeah so so do you with john wick do you pick john the first john wick or have you seen have you seen all of them i've seen all of them um yeah it's, uh it's pretty incredible i just gotta say like, if you had to uh, pick one you would pick the one. original I'd pick the original one. Um, the problem is uh, the reason that I have to put that knot up there, even if it doesn't stay up there, even if uh, people are like, well, that's not a martial arts movie. First of all, yes, the hell it is, man. Like the dude was working jujitsu every day for hours and hours and hours at a time. The dude was going to the firing range, which in my mind, I do consider a martial arts skill by itself. It's learning how to use a weapon in combat. So to me, that is a martial art. But the dude was putting in the work and a lot of, not all of, but most of the techniques that you see in that movie, realistic. You can actually do those. Now, could you do it at that pace, that skilled? Probably not, right? Because it's a movie. But the dude's like doing things like having to reload his weapon quite a bit in the movie and using his, uh, still having to use some skill in order to reload, keep his eye on the target, and then continue to, to attack and move forward. I mean, in terms of fight choreography, man, it's awesome. And plus, who doesn't like a dog story? Who doesn't like the fact that this dude's dog died and his vengeance will be his? And like, that's awesome. That's a great part of the movie, man. Well, and even in John Wick 3, they're still talking about the dog. Yeah. And I remember when I first, when I saw the original for the first time, when they, when they killed, spoiler alert, but when they killed the dog, I was like, from a storytelling perspective, and I've said this on the podcast before, so apologies if you heard me say it, but because um, we did a whole thing on John Wick three, but it's it was such a brilliant way to hook the audience without having to introduce the wife. Had they introduced the wife, that would have taken ten minutes at least, and the dog was such a brilliant little story method that hooked everybody's hearts into it without having to spend all this time on this character that you're going to get rid of anyway. And I thought it worked so great. But I would say, I mean, John Wick 3, I think the more I've thought about it, and I've only seen it the one time, 
but it has so yeah it has so much i think it has so much more action in it than the first two and not just action but the like the fight sequence that's without i'm not going to spoil anything in john wick 3 but the fight sequence that's sort of in that like antique shop that goes on forever it was just like yes i mean it, it was unreal and i was gonna put uh, John Wick into the mix, and I was a little nervous about it just because I didn't know how accurate the fighting style is. But my understanding is it's it's just it's a mix of a couple of different types of jujitsu and something else, and and, and like three gun, um, and, and you know in in you know shooting stuff. But it, it, it that it is legitimate martial arts. It's not just uh, uh, made up nonsense. Now there's great scene. There's there's a fantastic scene in there which is like. It's interesting. It's almost like jujitsu and the gi, where him he's in his hotel. We're talking, I'm talking about the first one. So if you haven't seen the first one by now, it's been years. Yeah, so. no, you can see you're spoiled away <laughs> on the first one. Yeah, but um, he's he's in his bed and he's hurt. He's injured, which I also like. I like the yeah. fact we talked about that earlier. He's got the diehard thing, but um, he's injured and uh, one of the female assassins comes in to try to kill him, and they basically just do it's like a jujitsu match. I mean, they're punching each other and kicking each other, but some some of the jujitsu is there. She's using her lapel to choke him, right? He's uh, there's uh, some reversals in there. Um, all in the meanwhile, somebody's trying to shoot one of them, right? And it's just oh, actually the shooting stops at that point. But just the fact that they are able to put that serious nod in there for martial artists, it has to be uh, up there on the list. I mean, it's just so hard to take that movie out of there because there's so much good actual technique in the movie. I mean. Uh, from wrist locks to throws to chokes and submissions to the shooting and how he uses his firearm, all that's just extremely impressive. Well, and I think there's probably an argument to be made where, where it's like with a lot of genres, you would say, "Wow, movies just aren't as good as they used to make them." Or like if you were going to talk about horror movies, yeah, they're making some good ones now, but in general, they're very formulaic. They're not as good as they used to be. But there's, I think there's an argument to be made where with martial arts movies, as the audience has become more um, interested, as, as martial arts has become more popular, as MMA has become more popular, and just as like the audience is a little more educated on kind of what's lame, like fighting off one guy at a time out of 18, <laughs> um, I, I feel like it, there's an art case to be made that martial arts movies in general um, are better in that uh, one like John Wick is made better today because the audience is maybe more sophisticated in terms of their knowledge. I agree. I agree there, you know, just the to two movies to just uh, jump on that fact. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, one, the artist self-defense, which literally just came out, like just came out on Friday. And have you seen it? I have, they get, I got to see it early. Uh-huh. Yeah. It yeah. I didn't get to see it. And last week, uh, Philip Patello, <laughs> who's in it was yeah. on the podcast. So I'm, yeah, I'm dying is. to see it. It is very, very well done. I have to say, like, for somebody who enjoys martial arts choreography, they kept it really basic and realistic as if it was like day one karate class. But then every once in a while, they just toss in just a little spice of like some higher level stuff. And it's like realistic. Um, but the storyline is what got me. Like, it's it's a dark comedy. It's one of those movies very similar to... Um, uh, Damn, why is my brain stopping? The Stanley no, it, it happens to everybody. Stanley Kubrick, uh, the war movie he did. Full Metal Jacket. Oh, so yeah, yeah. Metal yeah. Jacket is like almost two movies. 
halfway yeah. through the boot camp and then then the war part, right? Most people remember the first half and not the second half. This movie does that kind of to where the first half of the movie is much different than the second, the last half of the movie, but it does it so well that it's almost like watching a, a, a part two of its own movie. Oh. So like you're watching part, you're watching the first half of the movie and it's more campy and funny. And then halfway through, it just gets really dark and it just gets darker and darker and darker. So it feels like the movie's kind of split between where the main character is like uh, almost naive and childish. And then he becomes so much darker because he's forced to because of his environment. And uh, I just I appreciate the way that that script was written. So it's not up on here simply because it hasn't had time to marinate. But it was a very, very good movie. Oh, that's good. I'm glad you liked it because I, I when I when I was having him on, it clicked and I was like, oh no, we got to get we got to get Rob on. That'll be perfect. Oh yeah, because yeah. um, it just makes sense. So I'm glad that you you ended up liking. It. I'm trying. I'm gonna try to go see it um, soon. But uh, it what you just said. We're gonna go on a quick tangent. Um, <laughs> have you seen uh, Brawl and Cell Block Ninety Nine with uh, Vince Vaughn? Yeah. Yeah, dude. So that one has a similar thing where halfway through the movie. When he when he gets in the first fight in jail, yeah, it, it's one hour leading up to that of just things not going right and him getting you know caught up and getting in jail and just it just the world just bearing down on this guy. And then when you know the thing the catalyst happens, you know the guy comes visits him in prison, and he starts having to fight people. It's right at the one hour mark and it's a two hour movie. It completely changes and it's like watching part two. That was a good way to put it. Yeah, that's what it felt. That movie. One, I, I, is Vince Vaughn actually that big? Um, he is tall. I think he's like six four or something. I mean, they make him um, huge in that movie. Yeah, they, they, I think they in, I think they put him with smaller, at when he was fighting and stuff to make him seem like he's maybe bigger. But he uh, is big. He's 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 yeah. he is tall. But like they they did a really good job in that movie with the choreography. To be honest, like as brutal as that is, I mean. They did an amazing job making somebody like, okay, we're going to give you a little bit of training. Just It's almost like you get the idea that he didn't never formally learn anything. Yeah. But because he had so many street altercations that, of course, they don't show in the movie. But up to that point, you just get the feeling like, man, this guy has been in street fights. So he knows what he's doing because of that. But he hasn't had any formal training. Whoever that fight choreographer is, hats off to that person. Because they told an entire story based off of his the way that he moves and the way that he fights simply because yeah. Yeah. yeah I didn't even think of it, but you're, you're absolutely right. Cause he, he didn't really have form, but he was effective and he was yeah. able to block and he was sort of just like slugging, you know, yeah. but um, again, he was kind of formless. He was kind of sloppy yet really, really effective. Yeah. Dude, like uh, when, uh, not to give away too many things in the movie. Cause I do think anybody listening to this, that's like a little gem that if you've never seen, you gotta see because I love that movie. I love that movie. It's um, on Amazon Prime if anybody it's, yeah, it's I think it's the only place it is, but you can watch but it. When he the dude's arm, like I think that's the turning point. It's yes. like first violent altercation when he's like I even think he says something like he's going to break his arm or something like that and he just does it and it breaks. You're like Jesus Christ. <laughs> like holy crap. Like Vince Vaughn's going to be a bad dude in this movie and he does. He just continues to deliver that way. Well, so, in that crazy yeah. prison that that he's in with Don Johnson, like I was just like, oh, this this movie's just on another level. I I, yeah. I loved it. Um, let's let's do since since we both had John Wick, why don't you go go again? Okay. Um, 
I think we might have even talked about uh, that beforehand, but I have a That's short fine. memory. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm going to go in a little bit of a different direction with my next one. I'm going to go with Kung Fu Hustle. Right on. So before you say anything, this is one of those ones where when I was making my list, it, it popped It popped and it came to my mind. It, it would have been in my six, but I'm like, man, is that, is that just because I don't know. I'm like, is that just silliness or <laughs> – because um, it's a very entertaining movie, but I have no idea. Now, obviously, there's there's cartoonish stuff in it, but is there is there legitimate um, technique and stuff in that movie as well? I mean, for that movie, I take it for what it is, man. Uh, like the it's from a comedic standpoint, it is so well written, and the way that the guy uh, uses martial arts as the catalyst for the humor, very similar to Jackie Chan. The only difference is he he's like if Jackie Chan decided that he was just going to be like martial arts isn't nearly as important as a comedy where as Jackie Chan is like the comedy is just as important as the martial art. Um, I just get the feel that, that he is so much more comedy driven than he is martial arts driven. He just happens to use that as his, his machine to make the comedy happen. Like there's a great bit in Kung Fu hustle where he's supposed to be a thug, you know, he's, he's pretend thug. Like he's trying to join the ax gang, Right, yeah. him and his friend, and uh, of course they they can't because the town that they're in is full of people who are just amazing fighters for some reason. But he like looks around, he just starts calling people out in a in a crowd. So all you see is heads, and he's like, "I'll fight you." And the dude's like nine feet tall, and he's like, "Cause the guy's like squatted down," and then he stands up above the crowd. He's like, "No, no, no, not you. <laughs> I meant you over there." And the guy's like looks like a tiny little kid's head, but he comes out and he's all buff, and he's like, "No." not you and then like every person he picks to fight is just someone who was way worse than the person previously that he picked um that's amazing because to me that's realistic um that's realistic but it's funny realistic it's kind of like the loud mouth at the bar who's picking fights with people but has no clue who they are so doesn't know who that this guy trains doesn't know if this lady's been doing 30 years of jujitsu, you know, he doesn't know. And so because of that, that lack of information, he's just picking fights with people who are going to beat him. To me, that's realistic. That's, that's like a loud mouth idiot at a bar who just keeps picking fights with people who all of them are going to hurt him. He just doesn't know that yet. You know, I think that's about as realistic as you can get. And that's like the art of fighting without fighting kind of stuff, that mysticism of the martial arts. But he did so good about putting that kind of stuff in the movie that how could you not call that like, realistic and funny you know because that, if you really think about it i mean that kind of stuff is just it's just overdone for the sake of the movie but if you took that same scenario and go to any bar at any beach at any time you will find the same dude picking fights getting his ass beat <laughs> yeah and the, and that movie's so incredibly entertaining mm. from beginning to end and it's i mean you know some people have a problem with reading subtitles but this is the Kung Fu Hustle is a and there's a couple on there's a handful of these movies are perfect examples of what you're missing by not watching movies with subtitles. Yeah, you, you there's not an equivalent to Kung Fu Hustle that's an American made English spoken movie. There's just there's there's not now there's a couple that that same studio put out that are not necessarily um, about martial arts that are just as funny, yeah. but um. that's what that's what you're missing out not just like on so i think some people have a misconception that it's just like this like uh 
snooty culture kind of thing to watch something with subtitles. It's like, no, there's some really funny, fun, good movies that you're absolutely missing out on because you can't read for 90 minutes. Or like uh, there's a movie called The Man From Nowhere. I have not seen it, but I'm familiar with it. I mean, uh, for a movie with subtitles that, I mean, uh, what I think the problem is, is like certain cultures, I think to an American audience, it doesn't translate as well. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, like Spanish soap operas are way over the top. Like they're way over the top in terms of what they consider dramatic. And so it's very hard to believe, you know? Um, so I guess it's just a different culture. Whereas certain movies that stand out are like the man from nowhere where you wouldn't expect, like, I don't know. It's, it's like if Forrest Gump wasn't made in America, like imagine if it was made in Japan and we were trying to watch this through subtitles, you know, if the actor was that good, we would still love the movie that kind of, I'm not saying the man from nowhere is as good as Forrest Gump by any means, but I'm just saying they did such a good job acting that you forget that you're reading subtitles. You do like you're watching this movie and you're reading and you're just so engaged because there's such good acting going on. It's like this movie's worth it. So yeah. If you don't watch movies with subtitles, you're missing out on some beautiful gold out there. Yeah, and I won't just watch anything with it, but generally it's a it's a good like like the original Old Boy. Yeah. It's a fantastic movie. I mean, yeah. and you can't yeah, they remade it, but the remake is not any it's 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 the same story, but it's not the same movie whatsoever. Yeah, it's hard um, to believe too. Like again, that's a culture thing. Like that that particular culture, the way that they wrote that story, yeah, it makes so much more sense the original because of the culture. Yeah, I, I I would agree. I think that's part of what was wrong with the remake. I yeah. think they I think they tried to be too true to the original and yeah. it ended up just being like it, I mean it's like getting Chinese food at a not to you know it's 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 I guess it's Korean. It's like it'd be like getting Korean food at a food court yeah. uh, made made by a guy named Jeff. <laughs> yeah. you know? Um yeah. or a guy named Spike. Yeah. Spike Lee did that one, but it just didn't, it didn't have the same flavor, like quite yeah. literally. Um, let's see. What do I got? I've only got, how do I only have one left? Oh, that's okay. I got, I got quite a few. So we yeah, let's go. Let's, let's, let's roll with you again. I think we, I think I went too many times. I uh, know that's okay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, so, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to do another one. That's actually, you know what? We're going to go with the old faithful. We're going to go with the last dragon. Okay. No, I'm sorry. Not that one. Not yet. Not yet, because that's right. another, that one's that one's I'm saving. Sorry, Enter the Dragon. We're gonna go with the Bruce Lee. Okay, Enter the yeah. Dragon. Sorry, they both had dragon, and I read too quick. <laughs> yeah, you can go. I, I gotta get my. I gotta find there. There it is. I gotta go reach across and grab my marker here because I actually <laughs> had the last dragon. I actually had the last dragon written down because I predicted that Enter the Dragon. That uh, Enter the Dragon might have been your top pick. Oh, it's not actually. It's not my top pick. Not my top pick. Although I will have to say, uh, you know, and you were talking about realism and people's uh, perceptions of the martial arts have changed, which I agree completely. 1993 and the UFC did that for a lot of people. It opened people's eyes. It brought martial arts to the more mainstream, which is funny because pancreation has been going on forever, but no one ever really seemed to talk about that or be interested until UFC hit that pay-per-view. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh my God, style versus style. Enter the Dragon is like the start of so many people's careers. Like think about it. Like Bruce Lee may not have ever been a pro fighter. He may not have ever gotten into a boxing ring and actually boxed anybody. He may not have uh, been like a full contact fighter, but he was a smart man. He knew his stuff when it came to martial arts. 
he was basically a modern day philosopher, to be honest, the way that he spoke and the way that he saw things were so much different than most people. And he did all of that before he was 30, all of that information. It's just an incredible thing to see a prodigy like that. And how many people he inspired with that movie changed the way martial arts is today. If there wasn't Bruce Lee, there'd be so many martial artists who did not exist, who would have never started. So you have to have Enter the Dragon on that on that list because that's his big mainstream movie that hit. Without that movie, think about how many people would have never started martial arts. Let's say, and again, of course, the storyline is pretty damn good. But to me, the reason that movie has to be on that list is because if it wasn't for that movie, so many martial artists would have never started. Yeah, I, I, so the, just just to frame how important that is. Again, I have a very limited knowledge of martial arts and martial arts movies, and I'm 100% aware of everything you just said and have been for a very long time in terms of how influential this movie is and how important it was for mainstreaming martial arts. Um, and, and also, I think a lot of people probably don't realize how few movies Bruce Lee was even in for him to be still to this day this icon and for him to not even really be a, you know, as legitimate a fighter as I think a lot of people would assume, um, for him to still be so iconic, I think speaks a lot to this particular movie because it's, it's I think, far and away the best. I mean, I'm sure some people have others that are their favorites, but they might even have to contest that this would be the the top of the heap in terms of Bruce Lee movies. Well, I mean, even there's certain scenes in that movie that even if people have never taken martial arts know about, you know, like there's a scene where he's on a boat and they're all basically betting on, I, if I remember correctly, I think it's praying mantis is fighting or whatever, but they're all standing around, they're betting on whatever it is they're betting on. And this guy who got invited to the tournament is like a foreign, he's Scottish or um, Irish or something like that. And basically like calls him out to fight and he gets him, he convinces him to get on this dinghy. And basically they just, the, the ship just goes away without the guy. And he's like, yes, the art of fighting without fighting. You know, and it's like, how iconic is that? You know, like. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, he's so cool in it, too. Like, there's yeah. a scene where he just, like, I think he, like, lets the snake uh, or snakes slip into, like, a guard post so they get out and he doesn't have to confront anybody. It has a, it, you know, there's there's the tournament element. But when you're outside of the tournament stuff, it's almost got like a James Bond feel, and I would I would put it above some of the James Bond movies that oh, came yeah. out around that same time. Um, it's I, I love it, and like in in I hate to keep kind of bashing myself for not being as familiar with martial arts movies, but I absolutely I love it. I've owned it forever. For I you know I probably saw it for the first time in college, and um, just immediately knew that like there's something special about this movie. Yeah, and it, it does such a good job of like representing his personal belief structure in in his movies. I don't know how the hell he does it. Like most actors, you know, they wind up having to be somebody else. But there are a few yeah. actors that are able to just be themselves on screen. Like I feel like Seth Rogen is one of those actors who's just himself. It's like you just be you and just we'll insert you as a person into this character. You just be that character. And he doesn't really have to change who he is. He can just kind of be naturally that, right? Bruce Lee was like that, but he was he was like that as a fucking badass. Like he was like naturally himself as a wise person. He was naturally himself as a fighter. He was naturally himself as an actor. It was just 
All right, we just want you to be Bruce Lee over here in this script, okay? All right, cool, I'll do that. And then just make it work. It's just beautiful. I, I love it. And he introduces all these great arts. Like there's a great bit of like Wing Chun in there where he's like he's like set up in like a um, a reference point and he like uh, pox sows and hits dude and it's like super awesome in slow motion. He like crossing sidekicks Bob Wall in the ribs and you see him fly across the screen in slow motion. Like, I mean, it was just a great movie. Like how can you, if you don't like End of the Dragon, fuck, <laughs> like you suck. You suck. Yeah. <laughs> or like if you've never seen a Bruce Lee movie or you want to try to get into some of these maybe older martial arts movies that we're talking about, Enter the Dragon is a great entry point. Uh, if you don't like it, you're probably not going to like most of the other ones. If mm -hmm. you do, start watching some of the other ones that we're talking about. Yeah, I agree. Good segue. You know. And then I would say this is probably a good segue to uh, Ip Man. Oh, man. Yeah. I, was, I, I like Ip Man a lot. Yeah. Uh, Man, like, and, uh, and I don't know much. I don't know very much about this movie. I've seen it, but I don't know the full on like lore behind it. Well, so, so the you concept shoot. of the movie is that Ip Man is supposed to, is in real life was Bruce Lee's Wing Chun teacher, and um, in the movie, of course, it's very dramatized and very, but it takes place during a conflict between China and Japan, and so there's a conflict going on during that, and it, which also equals. A depression that happened to take place during that time in China, um, and it, it kind of is a little like shadowed in mysticism of like the 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 culture of the time. But it's really well done about like telling a story about a martial arts instructor. Like you could tell that exact same story now. Like you can tell like a martial arts instructor who's doing really well, really successful, very respected. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, like, because people respect the fact that he's a great fighter, but then this recession comes and people can't afford martial arts anymore. And then all of a sudden he's having to still try to find a way to take care of his family, even though the only thing he knows how to do is fight. And that's a beautiful part of the movie. Not to mention the fact that the fight sequences are incredibly well done. And, um... Uh, Donnie Yen, I do believe yeah. the, uh, he's the, the main actor. That dude put himself through so much training to learn Wing Chun, the actual system, and how to do it. Like it comes off so well on screen. There's a beautiful fight scene where it's him versus 10 dudes, and he asks for that fight in the movie. It's not like he's jumped. He literally says, I'll fight 10 of you. Just for the fact that he wanted to take out all the aggression that he had about all these crappy things happening like friends of his dying because of the situation just takes it out on these 10 dudes and wrecks them in the most beautiful way. Like he winds up like breaking dudes leg off at the hip. Like he winds up doing what they call a straight blast, which is just like fist over fist punching this way. And he just like does that until he hits the guy's head all the way to the ground from standing. Um, almost like one of those speed bags. Um, yeah, it's just, it's beautiful. It's such a well-made movie. I love that movie so much. When it's shot really well too, like it's uh, it's maybe ten years old, but it looks, you know, it it's it's a period piece. It's they shot it very simply, so there's not a lot of like cutting, and it's not like an intense action movie, but there's a ton of action in it. 
but it's shot kind of like like casually just it, it's shot kind of old school mm-hmm. um and it's such a good delivery device for um the the martial arts in it and mm-hmm. I, I think it was the right way to tell that one and obviously it's successful they've made like i think they're coming out with a fourth one and he's now uh famous in the u i mean he was in rogue one you know he's he's yeah. he's at the top uh like he, he could not be more successful yeah, as right. an actor in that genre he's at the and top I think right too, another cool part about that movie is there's so many little like you can almost break that movie up into four or five different movies because of the subplots you know like his family is like and how they're dealing with that depression um the the chinese versus japanese and their cultures and their martial arts versus each other um you know uh the the lone samurai type character who's going from gym to gym challenging all of these different uh studios like miyamoto musashi style like all these little elements make that movie so good i mean they literally could have made five movies out of this movie if they wanted to they just did such a good job about putting them together it's like it makes one movie five times as good yeah and it, it it's on and what i'll do because i don't want to waste time talking about all these a lot of these are on netflix and stuff like i think hero the raid it man is on there um i'll i'll put that in the description as well so you guys can hunt down some of these movies and and watch them um but my my next pick you know i kind of only wanted to go with like one from each uh person but then we we had some overlap and stuff so i've I've got two jackie chan picks just because i've always I, you know, I, I know he has better ones, but I've always liked Rumble in the Bronx. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a classic. That's a good one, man. And, and this is one – this is a departure of what, from what we're talking about because it is more of an action movie. But it is a martial arts story. He's, like, trying to protect – like, it, I mean, it it works. And it is, this is, you know, once he started becoming famous um, – in America, but it's got great stunts in it, and then it's got crazy over-the-top stuff. Um, but but it, it just it's all so great because it's in camera. Him jumping out of that truck that's full of all those balls as it goes <laughs> over that parking garage. I mean, he's actually doing that. It's insane. Is Rumble and in then, the Bronx the uh, same one that has the ladder over the alleyway? Ladder over the alleyway is not ringing a bell to me, but it's the one with the Lamborghini and the giant sword. Okay. He has like that yellow Lamborghini and the, 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 you know, wing door is up and he's got like the, there's like a hovercraft at the end. There's all kinds of crazy stuff, but it's another one where he, he's, he gets beat up a lot in this one because this gang is like after him. Um, and he really gets pounded in it, and then ultimately I mean, he's able to. Such a good job about that. His his ability to take punishment and make it funny is like a skill that I haven't seen too many other people do. Like you know, he he does these like um, what do they call them? Like comedians do it, where they'll do like uh, slapstick. He does slapstick yeah. very well, to where like you know he he can play off like oh I hit my hand on something and make that that alone amazing like part of yeah i mean it's just it's just it's it's physical comedy like in drunken master his whole style is this wobbly drunken thing which sounds kind of silly but it, it totally reads it it just it looks good like he practiced that he's not just like acting like a drunk person and pretending to do kung fu he like developed a well crafted thing that looks like a mix between being a, a blackout drunk and uh-huh. 
a, a skilled fighter. It, it's it's just perfect the way he moves, um, yeah, and not just the way that he fights or like scampers up a wall. But he, like you said, if if he gets hit, he does a good job, or if he just like hits his thumb with a hammer, he yeah. he he physically reacts in a really great way. And I, Rumble in the Bronx again. I, it's just a personal favorite of mine. It's one of those ones. If it's on, if I if I'm in a hotel room or something, and it's on. I'm watching it. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, you got you got one more before you go to your last one. Okay. Okay. So one more before my last one. You're, right, yeah. You're so. the one. Like, one I got for you is a comedy. Okay. Yeah. So I actually the last two I have right now are comedies. Okay. So um, the one uh, one more before my last one. So I'm gonna go ahead and say Black Dynamite. Yes. So first of all, Michael Jai White is an incredible martial artist he is very 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 well talented he knows what he's doing he's an actual martial artist he trains all the time if you don't believe me just go to the dude's instagram 90 percent of his instagram is nothing but him training martial arts um but it's a it's an exploitation film and it's not just the, it's not just a black exploitation film which is kind of what it kind of get, get giggles at it's a martial arts exploitation film, kind of in the same genre of like Kung Fu Hustle, where it kind of makes pokes fun of martial arts a little bit. But he does such a good job of selling that character as like a likable person who you probably shouldn't like. <laughs> you know, it's like you probably shouldn't like the guy. I mean, he's a pimp. He just randomly beats people up, sometimes seemingly for no real reason at all. Like he kicks an elderly woman across the room at one point in the movie, and it's just funny. Like uh, the boom mic. Like in certain yes. scenes, it's just like hanging down, and like they they try to play it like, oh, like the boom lights in my. Well, yeah, he looks at it. He looks at it. <laughs> he looks in camera multiple times. I love this movie. Yeah. It's one. I, it's one of my favorite comedy movies, especially favorite comedy movie to like have come out since I've been an adult. You know, that's not like already a classic. So much. I used to have a. I, I guess I still have it. I just don't wear it anymore. I used to have a sport coat that I'd wear out that I called black dynamite, <laughs> and uh, uh, I just I never would have picked it because I just didn't. I I, ne I looked at it more as like a comedy, like a black exploitation. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it, there there's God, the fight sequence where he's like practicing at home, and <laughs> I think there's only like actually like three stunt guys, but they make it look like there's ten of them because they kind of <laughs> keep. They keep or no, he keeps coming from different directions. Yeah, on them is what it, what it was. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's so funny. If you haven't seen it, I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. It is so funny. Uh, my favorite favorite part of this movie is they go into a pool hall and he's got his uh, his sidekick, which is Bullhorn. Bullhorn's a sidekick, and Bullhorn always rhymes everything that he says, which is a funny bit in the movie. But there's a bit where like they break that wall again to where he accidentally hits one of the stunt guys during the scene and everything stops. And then the guy looks like he's about to beat him up. And then the scene cuts. And when it comes back, there's just a completely different stunt guy there to finish <laughs> up that role. Like that's amazing. The first of all, that's a great nod. That's a great comedic bit. But second, that is a realistic thing that happens in movies. Like stunt guys get hit sometimes and they get pissed off and they get angry when you don't hit your mark, you know? So I think that was great. That in the the boomerang at the end is one of my favorite <laughs> yeah. lines. Yeah, that and the and then when they're figuring out the uh, Mars Candy Company thing, the whole the the whole their whole logic to figuring out 
<laughs> what was up with the anaconda mark malt liquor when they're in the like diner in a fight like a, a kung fu fight <laughs> man <laughs> it's so good yeah i'm glad i'm when you you sent me your list and i saw that was on there i was like oh my god yeah. yes like i'm so glad even if it doesn't make it to the top 10 i'm glad okay. it's on here so that basically means we each have one that's mm -hmm. one of our top picks which means it's going to make it into the top 10 but to do that we got to eliminate two now Normally, I eliminate one of yours. Have, you eliminate one, one of mine. More. I had one more movie, though. Yeah, you can you can go ahead. An honorable mention. You can throw it up. Oh well, no, this is this is actually my personal top pick. Oh no, no, yeah, we're gonna do that, but we only have oh. room for ten. Yeah, oh, so that's right. how it work. We only have room for ten, so we gotta erase two of these in order to okay. get your top one and my top one up. So normally, what we do is I'd get one of yours off, you take one of mine off, but okay. we don't have to do that. We can just sort of pick what we think should go. Um, I'm gonna let you just pick whichever one you want, and then I'll I'll follow suit. I mean, I I would have to say I the one I'm probably the least familiar with on this list is probably Rumble in the Bronx. So it's gonna be really hard for me to push that to the top, just because I'm the least familiar with that film in particular. It's not a good case. I'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, it's like this. Is um, like but 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 but. <laughs> I, I will I will say, yeah, we could go ahead and get that off because Drunken Master is way above and we don't we don't need two Jackie Chan movies on here. Yeah. And if I had to, to eliminate another one, I'd probably eliminate the protector. No offense to Tony Jaw. That fight sequence by itself is amazing, but the movie as a whole is just kind of a bit. It's like it's Ong Bak. It's you know, it's like I said, it's just kind of a bit, you know, to me. All right, I'll take it under advisement, <laughs> but I, I, I don't I don't necessarily disagree. I'm just seeing if there's something else that needs to come off, and I mean, really, none of these need to come off. The only thing I would say is, is Black Dynamite. If you, so I Black Dynamite is one of my favorite ones on here. Yeah, but if you stand by the fact that it is a martial arts movie and should be in the top ten, we'll keep it on. Well. We, we, so that's the hard part is because what is it more than anything else? And to me, I think that maybe we can eliminate that one off the list. I think that it would eventually leave the list anyway, just because it's more of a comedy black exploitation film than it yeah. is geared towards a martial arts film. Although there is a lot of that in there. It yeah. Technically is more of a comedy, I guess you could say than a martial arts film. So on this list of greatest of all time movies, I would have to probably eliminate that one. Sadly, yeah. sadly, it makes me want to I'm gonna agree. It. And I, I feel okay taking it off because I really do love it. I mean, it's, it's again, for something that has come out like in the last 10 years, it's one of my favorite comedies, but I just feel like when I look at this list, it feels out of place. Yeah. So let's go ahead. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw up my next one and then we'll save your absolute favorite for, for the very end. Okay. Um, my my favorite i could could have mentioned it earlier but it really is my absolute favorite so i wanted to save it i'm writing it down right now uh because believe it or not i only have 10 of these <laughs> i need to get to i got this like roll of this stuff and it i I, only, I had room for exactly 10 plus that's all the space i got here too but the i feel weird having them both on here but the raid 2 is far and away my favorite i like it i i love the raid i, so. I think the raid 2 is way better in a bunch of different for a bunch of different reasons one just being the story 
it's not just more complex, but it's more epic. It's more like a it's it's like a gangster movie mm-hmm. um, that is loaded with fight sequences. That whereas the raid, they were really all choreographed really well, but that movie is almost like one long fight sequence. Yeah, and the raid two has the 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 couple that you know the guy with the baseball bat and the girl with the hammers. That it has so much variety in it. So I have something to add to that. Sure. Um, so the girl with the hammers, her actual name is Caitlin Deschell. That's the actress who played that character. Caitlin Deschell was also a stunt double for Ronda Rousey at one time in some of her movies. She was also a stunt double in a stunt double in um, uh, uh, the Superman version of the female Superman. Uh, help me out. My Wonder Woman. Yeah, Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. One of the stunt women. So she actually grew up in the same martial arts tournaments and circuits that I went up through. So I was a little older or whatever, but she's been a world champion martial artist forever. And so seeing her make that movie was pretty amazing to see her up on the big screen and playing the chick with the hammers and like how well that was really done. I mean, I, I, I didn't, I took that off my list just because I didn't want to be biased. I thought it wasn't fair to like a movie simply because I knew somebody who was in the movie, but it is a very good movie. Well, and, and I can just attest as someone who just kind of, I just went to the theater and saw it blind. I mean, I had seen the original, but I didn't really know what to expect with the sequel. But I, I, you know, it's amazing. I actually have, as much as I've downed myself for not knowing much about martial arts movies, I've seen half of these in the theater <laughs> when they yeah. came out. But I saw it and it was such an incredible uh, experience. I thought it was so well done. And again, not only are the fight scenes so incredible, like the one in, there's the one in the mud, there's the there's the one on the bus, there's the one in the the hallway, the, the kitchen, for Christ's sake, that that one's ten minutes long, <laughs> and they're using blades, and it's that it's that white kitchen. There's white tile everywhere, and by the end of it, there's just ruby red blood everywhere. Um, and and you think you would get bored with a ten minute fight sequence. Because uh, it can get mind numbing, but they keep it engaging and keep it moving. And I don't know if you know much about the production of those, but just for the sake of the audience, the uh, director, his name escapes me, but he's Scottish. He's a like a heavy set white guy, but he was his family. He's basically raised in Indonesia, is my understanding. He, but he's he's Scottish, and and his parents lived there for a long time or something. Um, and he's a great director. He's doing some other stuff, but the, he he wrote what is now the raid Two, and it was going to be way too expensive. And they're like, well, look, we're not giving an unknown quantity this much money. Come back to us for something you can shoot with this amount of money. It was like a 10th of the money. And so he fairly quickly wrote the raid and he wrote it to be done on that budget and uh, because it was all in one location, it could be done for cheaper, uh, did the raid. And because it was successful, they gave him the money to do the raid too, which I, it, it costs so much more money because it's just a bigger movie. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a nice little piece of trivia there too, man. How, how cool is that to be what, like somebody who's like, I really want to make this movie. And they're like, we're not going to let you make that movie. And he's like, you know what? I'll make another movie. I'll come back to that one and make it even better. Yeah. And face it, you messed up the first time, you know? But he yeah, and, and he's just a, a a lover of the genre. That's why, like like Tarantino loves the stuff that he goes after. This guy just loves the genre and just wanted to make 
he I guess had, he had a vision for making it like visceral the way that it is and, and I think it just it it just reads perfectly I mean it's just so intense mm. yeah man it's 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 a good one I but really... even like the the martial arts aside the 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 chase sequence the car chase in it is incredible the camera is in one car as as uh I can never say his name is it Iko Oasis, I don't know how to say his name, the, the lead guy, yeah. he's fighting a couple of guys in, in, in the lead car using the seat belts and they're flying out of windows and stuff. And the camera goes out and literally, it's, it's not a special effects. It goes out, it go like I guess they, they hand it to somebody in a uh, car that's following. And so the camera actually moves out of that vehicle to the car behind him in through the window there's some action and shooting that happens in that and back out the other side. And they're literally passing the camera off to other people. And it just like, not only is it just cool from a filmmaking standpoint, but it, it literally just keeps you there. It, yeah. There's no cuts. Um, I mean, there are cuts, but there's these long takes where they don't happen. And I, I think it's a masterpiece mm. of a movie. And then to be in this genre, I, I'm going I'm to make a strong case for it being above the range. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, definitely. I can see that. I can see that. Um, yeah, I, that's a tough one, man. Those are both really good movies. So, um, but yeah, my uh, I guess my last pick is uh, Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. Um, it's uh, it's probably one that people are going to be like, "Oh my god, you can't say Barry Gordy's Last Dragon. That's so corny. It's so cheesy." That's why I love it. I mean, if it, I think that that movie helped kind of guide my personal martial arts experience from like me being a kid, like how I handle martial arts, how I don't take it too seriously, even though it can be such a serious thing. Uh, I love the humor and little things that have to do with serious training. Like if, if you look at that movie, basically what they did was they took somebody who's way too serious about martial arts and dumped them in a room full of nothing but people who are sarcastic and campy and corny and cringy and said, we want you to be Bruce Lee in the middle of comedians. And like, you just keep being Bruce Lee, but we're just all going to make fun of the fact that you are. And like, that's what this movie is. Like the, the fact that he had to do like this task that the master gave him, which was useless, that didn't make any sense at all, but it made all the sense in the world, which is another beautiful part about self-discovery. Like it's it's a corny thing, but if it, it's only corny because of the way it was shot. If you were to replace The Last Dragon and rewrite it with nothing but serious actors, like top level actors nowadays, you could remake that movie and it would be just an incredible martial arts film. But it wasn't made that way. It was made to be corny. And that's kind of the point. Right. And so like as a martial artist, when I look at this movie, I think about all the talent. Ernie Reyes Jr. You you know him from Surf Ninjas, uh, Ninja Turtles. Um, he was a pizza boy in Ninja Turtles, by the way. He was also one of the ninja. He was also one of the doubles as a, a Ninja Turtle. And I think he played Donatello at, in, in the suit. Um, Surf Ninjas, uh, which was like old school corny, like 1990s. Rob Schneider was in that movie. Yeah. Right. Um, but like. That family, the Reyes family, has been super famous in the martial arts sport karate scene forever. Um, and to watch Ernie Reyes, who also was in uh, The Rundown. He was the little flippy dude in The Rundown. Who kicks oh, the yeah. Face. Um, also an incredible fighter. But that dude was like only like eight years old in this movie or something like that. And so he was a little kid with the little bowl haircut. But in the movie, you know, like it's one of those people that just stands out for some reason. You know, like uh, 
uh, Ty, Ty Mock, I do believe, is the dude. Um, I think that that's his name. Uh, he has a one-name person. But uh, he's the lead actor, and he's just, like, so over-the-top serious while everybody else is playing it, like, a little back that uh, I think that that makes the movie so good. You know, and it like I think it, it's a good lesson in general just to not take shit too seriously. You know, like even even in the middle of fights. Well, I have a slightly different relationship with this movie in that I've only seen it like recently, like within the last couple of years. Okay. Um, but I think I've seen it twice, and I do enjoy it. I have recommended it on the channel, so it's not like I don't like the movie. But my perception of it is that it's one of those movies where they failed to make the movie they intended to make, but the audience, everybody that has watched it, all see the same movie. Mm. Like that they they maybe unintentionally they missed the mark and made this movie mm. cornier than they wanted to, yet people love it and they all have kind of the same feeling about it. So you end up with this finished product that works, just maybe not in the way it was originally intended. Um, that's my perception of it anyway. Yeah, I can see that. I but I love bad movies too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, have yeah. you ever seen the Miami Connection? No, I haven't seen Miami. Oh my god, I'll send you a link. I'll I'll figure out Ooh, where yeah. it is. Yeah, it's it's so the Last Dragon is better. Like it's it's got um it works together. It's got this like eighties flavor with the the woman yeah. that's like singing forever at the nightclub and stuff. Right. Miami Connection is a train wreck of a movie, but has a lot in common with The Last Dragon. It's just way it, it's terrible, but it's it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I'll send you a link to that. That one's great. But um, yeah, I think it I, I mean, especially with it, you having such a strong connection to it. Um, I think oh, it's cool man. that it's on the list. And I know yeah, a lot of people yeah. feel the same way about it. They love it. Yeah, I, I think I've seen that movie probably over 40 or 50 times. Damn. Yeah, I've seen that movie a lot. Like I can almost recite like the movie, like um, the show enough character and just how, you know, I think I think you, you make a valid point about like they definitely didn't make the movie they probably intended. They, But, you know, it, it just seems like there was so much ego that went into the movie that it was just because like, I mean, think about it, like all the music in it is bad. Like there's no good music in there. Like it's like 80s, like pop that just never not no number one hits or anything. But it's because Barry Gordy wrote it or Barry Gordy put the movie together. And so like he's like a, a, a record. Uh, label he owns like a record label yeah. or something like that. So it's like all music that he picked just like, make hits. like yeah he's like I'm just gonna put my own music in here. Nothing that would actually work with the movie. You know but we, like, yeah, I, because I, it's all glued together. Like it all it, it's 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 a very cohesive movie for something that that probably is not what was intended. It it doesn't have like it doesn't drag it doesn't have like just like major eye roll stuff. Anything mm. that's cheesy is is it maintains an inter entertainment value, mm. you know, um, for, for, I think for, I think it's one of those uh, like cheesy movies that um, even people that haven't really tuned into that uh, yeah. genre can, can watch it and go, Oh my God, this is fun to watch. Yeah. It's um, corny. It's so yeah. corny. And I think, I think that from, um, I thought again, all my picks are just from my personal martial arts standpoint of view. I just think that so many people take martial arts, way too seriously when and they they do crazy you know my channel i mean they do crazy things in the name of what they consider so serious and it just comes off like that like that's real life to me like watching yeah. the last dragon is basically like watching real life 
it's like a whole bunch of people who are taking it so seriously that it's laughable and it's hard not to like see that in the day-to-day -day life you know well i want to jump into that before we do that let's try to let's try to see if we can get these in somewhat in an order yeah of, of yeah. 10. what's one that stands out to you that belongs somewhere maybe not right in the middle but somewhere in the middle not um, the top not the bottom I think probably Kung Fu Hustle is probably going to lie like right in the middle, like just because, you know, like my reasoning behind it and all that. I think Kung Fu Hustle is is it's more it's like a, a kind of like um, a black dynamite. It's definitely a comedy. It could be considered more of a comedy than a martial arts movie, even though I think that it's it does the flying Kung Fu thing really, really well. The old school Kung Fu really well. I just think that it's it's meant to be a comedy way more than it is a martial arts film. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to say that the protector, because we almost booted it, is is probably at the very bottom. So I'm going to go ahead and put it down there for now. Yeah, that's probably a good spot. Um, I'm going to just go ahead and predict, just based on all the ones I got in my lap, that Kung Fu Hustle is going to be below like number five or six. But yeah, definitely. I'm slapping the raid two up high just so we can figure out. Would you put, where would you put Enter the Dragon? Uh, no, it'd probably be up near the top. Okay. Would you, you think you would put it above the raid two or? Um, I'm thinking I'm, probably I'd above. above. I'd put it above. It's just yeah, so. I think so. Just such an iconic. I think movie. it might be like riding up way at the top. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still, I'm still on the fence about how high it goes, but yeah, I definitely think that it belongs more at the top. It's just such an iconic movie. There are so many scenes that were redone in other movies and so many movies that were inspired because of that movie. It's hard not to put it up there. What about John Wick? I'd say John Wick would probably, I might, I might put that right underneath the raid too. Um, I think John Wick was really, really well done. I think that, uh, I think that, when it comes to like choreography and versatility, the raid two is so much more versatile than John wick is, you know, it's simply by adding the car, like you were talking about that car, the car chase, yeah. scene, right? Like the John wick doesn't really have that really. Um, there's, they talk about the car a lot. They show the car a lot, but they don't really have like a cool, like scene like that, you know? Well, so and, I, it's, and it's very similar to John wick in terms of its intensity, but there's way more. I mean, like if you're, listening and you're a fan of john wick and so many people are and you have not you can watch the raid too without having seen the original the raid mm -hmm. but um it it will definitely appeal to john wick fans um uh let's see i i kind of want to put drunken master above kung fu hustle but i wouldn't be heartbroken if it went below it um uh, I I might put that one just a little bit under Kung Fu Hustle. Okay. Because I think I, that if you're if you bring up like Kung Fu movies or martial arts films, right, and you talk about ones that have been like impactful in some way, Kung Fu Hustle in terms of martial arts comedy, I think it beats Drunken Master. In my okay. Opinion. You know, and like yeah, no, and you know, yeah. Jack is amazing, but like if we're talking about iconic movies and people were like naming off like martial arts comedies, cause I kind of consider them kind of in that same genre. I think Kung Fu Hustle is just a funnier movie. Okay. Know? Well, where would you put in the original, the raid now that we've got the raid two way up high above John Wick. Right underneath John Wick. I think that John Wick is better than the raid. Um, just because I would agree. Raid has so many different 
Like, it, you know, the Raid 2 has so many different sequences and different characters and stuff like that that they introduce, and they show all these different fight sequences with all these different people. Whereas the Raid, really, you get, like, kind of three main dudes. You get the two main cops, and you get the one really main bad yeah. guy. So I think that, you know, it kind of goes underneath because I think John Wick, in terms of, like, adding more to the storyline, I think it does a great job because the Raid is pretty simple. It's a very linear thing. You go from point A to point B, there's not yeah. a lot of guessing. They just fight. Whereas John Wick fills in all that with great storyline as well. Yeah, I would say, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I don't think you're gonna object. I'm gonna put Hero a second from the bottom. I can see that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then where would you put Ipman? See, that one's, that one's probably harder. Yeah, I, I mean, I, there's a case to put it up high, and there's, I think there's, there's a case yeah, to no, put it below some hard. of these other ones. Because I mean, that, that's a sign we got a solid list if we're having trouble. Squeezing yeah. the last couple in. Yeah, I mean, it would probably I'd have to put it either between the raid and John Wick or between uh, uh, uh or between John Wick and the raid too. It would go in there somewhere. I'm gonna put it um I'm gonna put it man, that's tough. Um I think it doesn't I think the raid and the raid two need a little more distance between them. So I agree with that. Um just because it's with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's because when it takes place, hmm. and that it's it's based on a real person, and 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 all that, I, and, and and its connection to Bruce Lee, I I I could see putting it above John Wick. Yeah, just yeah. in terms of uh, a martial, I think John Wick's probably the more entertaining movie, and maybe even mm -hmm. the better movie. But in terms of a a martial arts list, yeah, I think maybe that belongs Ip there. Isn't a hundred percent revolved around the martial arts, where Ip Man is a hundred percent about martial arts. Yes, so definitely. All right, and then we got your your top pick. So, See, where yeah, do you want to put it? Like, honestly, where would you put it? Not just for. I not just for you, but like if you were gonna put you're putting this list out to the world, where do you think the last dragon belongs? It's gonna it, it, for everyone in the world, right? Like I think people would still hate me for even saying this. I would probably put it for everyone else, probably between Drunken Master and Kung Fu Hustle, because I think Kung Fu Hustle is a better made film. I think it's funnier because you know it's. I I think that uh because of the impact it has on me and the, the the how many times I've seen it and just how much I love the cheesiness of it all, I, I definitely would put it somewhere in there. And you gotta I have to be fair with the list too. I mean, all those movies up there, The Last Dragon in terms of fight choreography is like a steaming pile of hot garbage. Um in terms of like uh comedy, it's like funny for the basically because it's accidentally funny. Um, you know, like I it probably sits right there. Well, I think that's our list. Um, for those of you just listening, if you can't see the board, we've got The Protector at number 10, Hero, Drunken Master, The Last Dragon, Kung Fu Hustle, The Raid at number five, John Wick at number four, 
Ip Man at number three, The Raid 2 at number two, which I'm happy with, and then Enter the Dragon at number one just for being um, such an important – I mean, it's it's a great movie, but all just being such an important uh, movie to the world of martial arts. I mean, how could you – it's really hard not to give – and like you said earlier, I don't think a lot of people realize Bruce Lee didn't do a lot of movies. He only had like, what, three or four movies? Three or four, and, and one of them he died halfway during, and they yeah. – they superimposed his face at one point. And it looks terrible. It's yeah, crazy. That, yeah, that's a shame too. But like, you know, in terms of like, I mean, you got to give Bruce Lee credit for how much he really did for the martial arts. And if it wasn't for a movie like Enter the Dragon really pushing martial arts into the mainstream, we might not have gotten some of these great movies to hit the big screen like they have. Yeah, know? I would yeah. agree. I, I would say, I would say a lot of these up here at the top would yeah. not would not exist uh, if it wasn't for that movie. Yeah, I mean it's because it, it bridged that gap. Like back in the day, like you know, there most people weren't really too familiar with that genre. I mean, martial arts in terms of being a genre of film that people were really watching wasn't really happening that much over here. Like it, I'd be, I'd actually be impressed if people can tell me movies that were mainstream that came before Enter the Dragon. Like mainstream martial arts movies that came before that. Like, I don't know that there were, man. My my understanding is that this was the first time anybody in the in the states could just go to the theater and 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 buy a ticket and see something like that. And a little trivia too, because of that movie, a lot of states actually banned nunchucks. Huh. Yeah, like uh, just this last December, um, New York lifted the ban. That's how long that's been going on because of that movie, because of Kung Fu theater becoming so popular yeah. after that, during that time, they actually had to stop people from having nunchucks in the street because of that. Like it literally affected laws. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. <laughs> so I think that's the list, man. I think enter the dragon deserves that top spot. As much as I love my corny campy movie, it's gotta, it's gotta go up there. No, I think, I, I think, I, th I think especially, I think I, I mean I, I think the whole list is good. I really do. But I think that top four is a pretty impress. I mean I think that that's a and the only reason I stopped at four is because then we hit the raid again. Yeah. But I mean Kung Fu. I could maybe even. Do you want to do one last minute adjustment? Do you want to maybe put Kung Fu Hustle above the original the raid? We could do that. I mean that's fair. I you mean, just you just seem to really. The movies that I would like are always the funnier movies. I just love the funnier movies. So I, I definitely love Kung Fu Hustle. I think that it did something that a lot of martial arts movies weren't able to do, which is just making martial arts comedy that didn't revolve around martial arts. It, it was like a comedy that happened to have martial arts in it, which is very like really good action. Like I, this yeah. is when I saw in the theater, the audience was screaming, laughing. Uh, I mean, roaring. I can't remember the last time I've seen a comedy in a, in a theater like that where the audience was was clapping and laughing, and this is just, this was like in Mississippi, mm. you know. Um, it was it's it's fantastic. So there's the list. We just swapped the raid and uh, Kung Fu Hustle. It's not a big deal. The list will be in the description. But I I told you at the top of the the episode, I got a burning question about <laughs> McDojo life. Definitely. I just want your take on it. So, so just for some setup, by the way, the top link in this description is going to be a link to his Instagram and then below that your website. But the Instagram is where you can see a lot of these like one minute clips 
that we're talking about where you've got these like cult-like dojo environments. Some of them are abusing their uh, uh, what do you, uh, students and then um, others are just hilarious. And the ones where there's the sort of no touch or light touch sort of chi defense where, where guys, grown men are just getting taken down with just like two fingertips or a little slap in the face. Um, they're hilarious to watch, but I'm fascinated by you've got this dojo leader that's doing it. You've got the willing participant who's taking the fall. And then you've got a bunch of people sitting down generally watching and appear to be totally buying it. And I, that, I don't understand. Those are three different characters in that scenario. The 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 I guess megalomaniac or whatever who's yeah. who's pretending to have magical powers. The person who's going along with it and pretending to get knocked down from nothing, and then the people that believe it. And I can not for the life of me figure out what's wrong with people. <laughs> well, so. I, I'm gonna get real deep on you, so hopefully you have like just a second for me to yeah. kind of explain. So um, we get manipulated all the time. We're getting manipulated every day of our lives, and you can see it through all kinds of different avenues. For instance, the candy bars at the end of the uh, the aisle at a grocery store. Why do they put those there? Well, they put those there because they know psychologically if they put those there, you are more likely to buy them. So we're being manipulated that way. We're being manipulated through politics, like, oh, I have to be left or you have to be right. You're being manipulated if you feel that way because everybody knows that the right thing to think is somewhere in the middle with logic and common sense. But we get convinced and swayed and pushed in all these directions. When it comes to this, it's very creepily similar to religion. And um, not to go off on too much of a tangent about it, but the truth is, is that if you look at almost any martial arts studio and you compare it to just something as simple as a Catholic mass, not like anything super crazy, like made up religions or anything, but like a major religion. And look, just compare the two. One, whenever you walk into like a Catholic church, right, they typically have, um, depending on the type of, of religion, there's like the bowl of water and you, you touch the holy water and you you make your prayer or whatever and you walk forward. That'd be the equivalent of kind of like bowing into the dojo, which a lot of studios do. You bow and then you enter, right? And then you get to the mat and you bow again. And once you get to the mat, there's a figurehead, which in religion we would call, like, let's say, for instance, the preacher. And behind, and then for martial arts, it would be the instructor. And then we all line up on one side. And then the instructor is all the way on the other side, standing alone, looking at us. Well, I could do the same thing. If you look at Catholic mass, it's the same thing. We're all in the pews and we're looking up at the instructor. Behind that, uh, behind the preacher is like some type of uh, deity. Right. And we'll say that, for instance, the cat will say it's like a big statue of Jesus Christ. Whereas in the martial arts, there's a picture hanging on the wall. And that picture is of the old grandmaster. And then what do we do whenever we, you know, whenever that happens? Well, we kneel and stand a lot when it comes to the, the Catholic mass. Well, in martial arts, you sit and stand or you wait and look. And there's not a lot of speaking while the other person's speaking. And then he tells us what to do. And then we follow that because he told us what to do. And we're there specifically for that leadership and guidance. Well, then if you look at a martial arts studio, it's the exact same way. We're standing there looking at that person, giving us guidance, telling us what to do. And the reason that we're buying it is because we are convinced that they have our best interests in mind. Whereas if you look at a lot of cults, 
That's exactly what happens. They believe that this leader, this figurehead, has their best interests in mind and will help them develop whatever it is that they're looking for. Well, martial arts is the same way. I'm not coming just because I want to fight people in alleys all the time. <laughs> you know, that's not the reason you go to martial arts. A lot of people are there to lose weight or they're there because they need a mentor. They're there because they have friends. And who's providing that? This figurehead at the very front head of the class. And so what happens is because that line is so thin between dividing martial arts and religions and or cults, that sometimes martial arts can be used and developed to make a cult. And that's exactly what you're looking at. These people aren't there because they think that the martial arts that they're learning is the most effective thing. They're being played because they're there for whatever their other reasons are other than the effectiveness of the martial art. And because that person's providing that, whether it's true or not, they believe this so that they're willing kind of to go along with whatever he says because psychologically they feel that it's helping them in some way. Hopefully that was explained. No, it, it that makes perfect sense. And like, like just as a, another example outside of religion, um, I went to a hypnotist show in Vegas once and got pulled up on stage and got hypnotized and basically didn't get hypnotized yet at the same time had to go through a series of not rituals, but, um, commands and things to sort of condition me to just pay attention to the quote unquote instructor. Um, and it was sort of a, like, I wasn't hypnotized, but I was very susceptible to just sort of going with the flow and not disturbing the show. Um, and did silly stuff that I wouldn't normally do on stage. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah. I could see that being somewhat similar, not that instructors are hypnotizing people, but that they're getting them comfortable. Like, like the way you walk through all the different um, rituals with mm -hmm. the bowing and the repeated uh, actions where I, I guess it instills trust. Cause what's funny for me and anybody that follows your Instagram is you just see this one minute thing and you're just jumping right into the middle of this deception and you're missing the entire, you know, weeks leading up to it. But like one, one of my favorites, there, there are several that fit into this category, but one of my favorites, you probably know the guy by name, but you know, fat guy, cur balding, curly hair, and he's just sitting down in sweatpants and he's just touching somebody and sort of leading them around. And it, the phrase he keeps saying, he goes, it's not difficult. It's just correct. <laughs> yeah, that's Adam Misner. Okay. Yeah, that is Adam Misner. He uh, runs uh, Tai Chi. Uh, it's like Tai Chi. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, to listen to this man speak, he speaks with such arrogance and cockiness that it can be construed, if you're like a follower, as confidence. Yeah. Like, it's not. That's arrogance. Like uh, there's a, there's it's a thin line again, but it's it's right there. And I actually went to one of his instructor seminars for my documentary I'm filming because I wanted to I want to be immersed in that and learn more and find out why the students believe yeah. it. Because the only well real way to know is to do it yourself. And um, man, we stood with the, the seminar I thought was only going to be two or three hours, which is a standard seminar. The seminar winded up being six hours in a in the uh, in a dog park in L.A. Whoa. And I couldn't, there was no phone number to contact anybody to call. I could purchase it online. So I went ahead and purchased it before I sent an email because, you know, they have to provide the goods and services that you purchased. And so I purchased the seminar, which is like over a hundred and something, but it's like 150 bucks. 
And so after I purchased the seminar, I tried to get a hold of them through email. And I was like, hey, you know, being friendly, like I'm just curious what was going on. And they, I was asking about, I was like, I noticed there's no real location. It just says LA. I was like, there was a lot of it. <laughs> so maybe somewhere in LA, there'll be a specific place you'll have your seminar. There was no time. So like there was no time, specific time it was going to happen. There was no information. It just said there will be a seminar on this day in LA somewhere. And I was like, that's really cryptic. So I sent him an email because it's the only way to contact them. And I sent him all these questions, like tons of stuff that I wanted to know because I wanted a phone call. And I was like, you know, I'd be better if I just got a, a phone number. I can call one of you so we can have a discussion because I'm really curious. And of course, I was going to record that entire conversation for my documentary. But the only thing they sent me back was time and location, not, hey, thank you for joining the seminar. It literally had no name and had nothing on it. The simply it simply said time location and i was like okay well i'm glad yeah. we had this conversation i show up with a cameraman and we wind up getting there and I'm, i do a whole bunch of b-roll just to get prepared and the dude wind up making us stand there for four hours four hours now this is a six hour seminar i didn't stay for the other two four hours and uh we took one break or two breaks in that four hour period but we just stood there literally standing in one place for four hours hours he made us do different poses and like hold our bodies in certain positions yeah. but then we didn't move for 20 minutes at a time so like our upper body we moved every 20 minutes but we stood there no direction no reason why no conversation he just came up and he was like all right now i want you to stand like this silence for 20 minutes he goes okay now it's time for us to do this silence for another 20 minutes that happened for four hours straight wow it so was creepy but but on on the note of your documentary because we we had talked about it a little bit um before the the podcast what's the what's the status of it i know you were filming it are are you still uh filming and collecting footage or still you know filming. editing uh, still filming so right now we're in the right now we have a little bit of uh footage ready to go there's still way more that i really want to get because it just requires a little bit more budget to get the stuff i want i want to go to indonesia because indonesia has uh art there specifically geared towards religion, which is very strange. It's yeah. like a martial art religion um, called Salat. Over here in the United States, it's not as hokey, but over there, it's it's very based in uh, religion. And I saw people get run over by a truck and killed at a martial arts demonstration in the name of that art. Um, so it's very dangerous. Um, and then like, uh, you know, so right now we're, uh, we're on phase three. We're doing the third revision of the sizzle reel. So that way we can take it to a, a production company and say, this is the movie we want to make. Here's the idea, the concept. Would you, would you be willing to help us fund? So that's where we are right now. Okay. And, and just to sort of clarify to some people, and if, if I'm off base, you, you clarify as well, but um, the, the, the stuff that Rob posts uh, is often very funny to watch, but a lot of what he's really trying to do is to, to help people be more educated so that they don't get duped by uh, dojos like this that are not only w taking their wasting their time and taking their money, but could potentially get them hurt either on the premises by you know abuse from the instructor or just getting hurt by not being by thinking that they're trained when they're not. You know, somebody not that somebody's going to necessarily go pick a fight, but somebody might throw themselves into a throw themselves into a fight yeah. or something and not be trained thinking they can take somebody down with two fingers you're, so you're, i mean he is providing a service in addition to it's just comedy gold yeah you know 
I, it seems like the best way of communicating because the martial arts is so segregated. Like everybody believes that their art is the best and everybody yeah. else sucks. But it seems like the common denominator in the martial arts and what seems to be bringing it together a little better is we can all at least agree on what doesn't work. Okay. So even if we all think that we all have the right answer, right? We, as a group, we can all go, nope, don't do that. Like you can go do karate. I'd rather you do karate than do that. You can go do kickboxing. I'd rather, you know, so that's kind of the common denominator. So that's why I try to make it funny because it seems like the best form of communication to bring up a serious topic. But the, the adage that I hate the most, which irritates me more than anything else is something's better than nothing. That is complete horseshit. Yeah. That's a load of garbage because let's say I'm somebody who's walking down the street and somebody says, Hey man, give me your wallet. Oh, I, I mean, I could just give him my wallet and that dude may or may not go away. That's a little bit more of an instinctual thing, situational awareness, blah, blah, blah. That's a deeper conversation. But the moment I start engaging that person in a physical conflict, it's going to escalate because that person has way more to, to not want to lose than me. I didn't want to lose my wallet. That guy knows he's going to go to jail for a really long time for whatever he is doing. So he's going to be fighting me really hard. And chances are good if I'm a nice person, I'm not just randomly getting into fights all the time where this person may be getting into a fight all the time because he's constantly throwing themselves into conflict. And so no matter what, if you took a weekend seminar one time two years ago and someone's trying to steal your purse and all of a sudden you're fighting, trying to remember that under pressure and you've never trained that, something is not better than nothing. Something's going to get you hurt. Right. Yeah, that person was going to grab your purse and get away with your money. Okay. And they got it. Cool. My ego's out of this. You got it. I'm done. I'll cancel my credit cards. I'll buy a new purse. Right. But the moment you start fighting, now you're in a physical conflict. That person's going to try to hurt you. And if you don't know what you're doing, you're just going to be hurt or dead. So yeah, it's, it just irritates me. Well, if just for people that are uh, listening, if someone is interested in getting into martial arts, whether it be for uh, physical fitness or for a sense of security or whatever it may be, what, what would be your recommendation? Do you have a certain type that you recommend? Do you have a certain way of going about um, researching? That well, like, it all depends on what you're trying to get out of it. You know, that's the, that's the tricky part is like what people can say. I think a lot of people kind of misread how I look at the martial arts. I love almost every art. I really do. I think every martial art provides you something, you know, like I'm not a big fan of Aikido. I think Aikido in terms of self-defense is hot garbage. But in terms of like, if that's not what you're looking for, if you're not really into it for fighting, right? And all you're looking for is like something really relaxing and something fun to do where you meet people, try it. Why not, right? So, and plus, like, let's say, for instance, you're doing Taekwondo, right? If you want to do Taekwondo, it's a primary kicking art. Well, what happens if you don't have any damn legs? <laughs> don't do Taekwondo, right? So I think it's all preference. I think in terms of self-defense, if you're really looking for self-defense, I think that jujitsu is probably one of the more effective arts. I think that judo is a very fun sport, um, but it's a little more brutal on your body because it's a lot of throwing. Um, boxing is an old classic, but if you don't like getting punched in the face, you probably shouldn't go boxing. You know, So there are so many great martial arts out there. The best thing you can really do from a consumer's point of view is go take the trial classes. Most of them are free. Some of them are paid. But then again, the paid trials are usually barely cheap, like 20, 30 bucks for a couple classes. Go do the trial classes. Find out what you enjoy. Know what you're trying to get out of this and go to the wherever you're comfortable. And if you have fun with it, who cares what everybody else says? And they're like, if you want Kung Fu and everybody's like, Kung Fu is garbage. If they're not doing it and they're not, it's not affecting their lives, 
Who cares what they think? You do you. You enjoy you. And if your school winds up on my page, right, you might want to do a little research about the school. But if you're completely comfortable with the studio and you're still happy with it, who cares what I have to say? Go take the classes. Go enjoy yourself. Be in the community. And maybe you could be the person who turns the school around to make it better. Good advice, man. I appreciate you coming on. It was a pleasure talking to you. Everybody go check out the links in the description because you can go definitely just buy. I'm t I, I swear by all you got to do is click it. If you're on Instagram, click follow. It doesn't cost you anything. It's a really, really great page to follow. And then if you want to learn more, follow the link to his site. And he's got a bun bunch of information there as well. Um, but Rob, thanks for coming on. Uh, be happy to do it again anytime. But I think we built a good list, my man. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for having me on. I love talking shop. I love talking movies. Two of my favorite things. So I appreciate it. Yeah, man. It was real good talking to you. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.